What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to our new episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast live stream. My name is Zach Hernandez. As always, I am joined my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, beautiful Sunday, a little cloudy here in Northern California. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Zach. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about to happen, so I think we're in the, I guess, the pre-tampering period, but we're hearing a lot of stuff coming out today, so we're going to jump right into it. Yes, sir. That's right. Um, last night, John Lynch and Jed York kind of set Twitter world, 49ers Twitter, into a frenzy. Uh, John Lynch tweeted out, you know, basically, Niners fans, you like, I'm thirsty, Niners fans. You want some juice? What do you make of that? I think that this is the calm before the storm, right? I think that they were taking this weekend, Jed and and John and Kyle were, you know, getting together to kind of see where they were headed. And I think uh, I think maybe John and Jed had a little bit too much juice to begin with. So uh, I think they were feeling themselves a little bit. A couple of things that just went out that was just kind of weird. Um, people thought they got hacked at first and it looked like something that was like, oh, OK, this looks like it got hacked. And then, you know, a little bit after that, Jed came out with his tweet where he was just all of a sudden really, really thankful. So. We have John Lynch, the party drunk, and we have Jed York, the sentimental drunk, and they're talking about, I mean, <laughs> whatever they're going to do. They're excited, apparently, and so I guess we should be too. So it was it was an interesting insight. It was an interesting thing to, you know, I kind of woke up to it this morning with everybody talking about it, and so it, it definitely was like, oh, what's going on here? So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting, and Jed York, I have his tweet here, he said, quote, I am the luckiest man in the world. My wife, and he tagged her, our coach, hashtag Kyle, which is hilarious. RGM, tagged John Lynch, love my life and those I share it with. At least he uh, tagged his wife first. Good job. Good job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Melissa? Thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was funny, and hashtag Kyle actually got trending on Twitter, which was hilarious because – it, it, it's just like, what a weird, I know Kyle doesn't have a, a Twitter account. At least he says he doesn't have a, a public one. I think he's admitted he has a burner, but it, it's, it's pretty funny just how those two tweets can set all of 49ers Twitter into this frenzy. Um, I, I'm moving. So I, I was packing and I saw this come up. I have John Lynch tweet notification set and I'm like, something's about to be announced. I, I was ready for a Deshaun Watson trade. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, listen, it got everybody worked up because everybody's bored. We're all we're all waiting, right? We're all ready for the next thing to happen. Um, I know that a lot of people outside of 49ers Twitter were riled up by the Dolphins-Texans trade where they swapped linebackers. And they were like, oh, man, you fooled me. And I'm like, I don't know if it was that. You know, it came up on my feed right away as a notification. And I don't. I immediately saw, you know, that it was linebackers. So... I don't know. People are just chomping at the bit for something good to happen. Um, and I think it's that time where we know legal tampering is going to be in full fledged tomorrow. And, you know, it's everybody's waiting right for that first deal. Um, and that led into the, you know, the Ian Rappaport stuff that came out just a little bit ago that has 49ers Twitter excited, too. So it looks like we're potentially re-signing a couple of guys. Um, and one of the ones that, you know, well, why don't we get into it? Sorry, I had myself muted there. Yeah, you know, it was uh, the whole Ian Rappaport thing. So he basically came out. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone, by the way. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. But Ian Rappaport came out and tweeted that the 49ers are making a strong push to sign Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and Jason Verrett. 
uh, before they hit the open market. And that was today. So I guess let's yeah. see what happens with that. Is Trent Williams, would you say, Matt, the most vital piece of these three that, that you would want to come back the most? He's he's the one that, you know, you want that domino to fall. Um, and the reason why Ian Rappaport's talking about it today is because there's some, you know, the 49ers are actually allowed to negotiate with their free agents today. So this is like the unofficial third day of the tampering period where essentially you get to negotiate with your team before they hit the open market. Um and can talk to other teams starting tomorrow, the legal tampering period. So they're trying to get them under wraps. I didn't think that Trent Williams was going to allow the 49ers to re-sign him before he hit the open market. So um, while it's being announced that they're working on it, I'm still kind of holding my breath on that. Um, I hope they get it done because he definitely is that one piece that if he stays, that takes care of a major need for the 49ers. If he goes, that puts 12 at play for drafting an offensive tackle uh, because that tackle position will become an immense area of need. Um, so, you know, between him and I think the second most important is Verrett. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, his agent came out and was like, juice is expensive. I saw that tweet and I'm like, it shouldn't be though, dude. Like you're basically, there's maybe two or three teams that would even want to pay him. So I think the 49ers overpaid last time. And I think that Juszczyk knows that. And so, you know, agents speak being what it is. I, I don't think that he's going to sign for that much. The key, I, we know Trent Williams is going for a boatload of money. I'm very curious to see most of all what Verrett signs for because I'm very uh, hesitant to give him a ton of money based off of in, his injury history. I've talked about that before. So depending on what he signs at, it's going to inform what we're going to be able to do for the rest of the off season in terms of maybe bringing in, you know, uh, uh, if we say maybe instead of Alex Mack, we have enough cap space to go after a Corey Lindsley who's younger, um, but will be more expensive or something like that. It, it's really going to inform uh, what's going on there. So if they do re-sign Verrett, that's Verrett and Mosley at the cornerback spot that they have uh, right off the bat. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And also the news with uh, Weston Richburg. I, I don't know if we've, we've brought that up yet. He, basically restructures contract i'm trying to pull up the exact amount but i believe it's something like six point uh seven million six point eight seven five there you go and uh it's looking like he's going to retire so i mean it, he, he did the 49ers a solid to do that um but it was it was still it's a sad ending to what could have been a fantastic free agency signing for the 49ers but i guess that yeah. is what it is I mean, you can't control those type of injuries. And I think that the hip injury that he had surgery on is like the last straw. Um, it's just, he's been snake bitten. He made some money. Um, he played a little bit, but overall it's a disappointing signing, but he, he's doing, you know, him and the team working together to free up some cap space so that they could potentially bring in a replacement on that money. is kind of a cool thing for him to do. So um, I hope that his health long-term is good. Um, it's sad that it didn't work out. So. I agree. And Daniel Romero, this comment here, did they go out drinking together last night? John Almost <laughs> certainly. Almost certainly. They were, yeah. they were, they had a little bit of the bubbly. This reminded me of, uh, I don't, I don't drink much anymore. I drank a lot when I was, you know, five, six years ago, but when you'd go out with kind of a random friend or a cousin, you don't talk to too much and you get a little too, had a couple too many Coca-Cola's and you, you know, suddenly become best friends and, oh man, I love you so much. That's, that's the kind of vibe I got out of this. And I thought it was really funny. Uh, 
how just, you know, one after another, either they're on the phone, FaceTiming or in person. I don't know. But something happened to where they were very happy with each other. And hopefully we find out here soon enough. Um, I think that's why people thought that it was like an imminent Deshaun Watson thing, because like, why would they be so giddy about stuff? But I could see being able to re-sign Trent being something important to them, too. You know, um, these are John, especially is a guy who just loves football, who loves everything, every aspect of it. And I'm sure that he gets I mean, he gets pumped about, you know, in that old like that dad sort of way. He gets pumped up about stuff. Um, so, I, yeah, I think they both got a little bit loose last night with the drinking. And so, yeah. Yeah, uh, Rolls Royce says if you're a Niner fan, you then you drink weekly. <laughs> That's funny. In season, maybe definitely. This past season was rough. It was um, rough. Yeah. So, so things on the bright side, though, here in in California, we can kind of switch gears a little bit here, Matt. Opening up a little bit, indoor dining's mm-hmm. opening up. It's looking like we're going to be able to go to some Niner games this season. Yeah. You think that's fair assessment? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Texas is kind of like the the testing bed right now. Um, so they're they're rolling back all their restrictions. I mean, you know, other states have been without restrictions for a long time, but Texas is really getting notice. Um, for all you baseball fans out there, you've probably heard that the Texas Rangers at Globe Life Park are going to be having full capacity on opening day, April 1st. So um, as the vaccines get rolled out more and more and, you know, all this stuff, I think that the writing's kind of on the wall that over the course of the summer, if we keep trending the way we're going, we're definitely going to be able to see some games uh, going forward. So that'll be really nice. Um, We won't have these cutouts anymore in the stands, actual people's maybe some home field advantage. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Um, now, and not, did, none of that, none of that uneven, like fake crowd noise that they were pumping in, which that was like, weird. It was weird. It didn't make sense contextually. Like the sound guys were a little bit behind on things, you know, it'd be like a big catch and then a tackle, but then the crowd would come in roaring and it was kind of, I don't know. It was just a little bit off and there was something about it that was just like, I don't know, man, it doesn't sound right to me. So having real fans will be pretty, pretty outstanding. Yeah. Also, some some up, uh, news that happened since we last recorded: the 49ers were able to re-sign Emmanuel Mosley for a mm-hmm. two-year deal worth up to 10.1 million. You in the in our in our group chat, you, you were kind of saying this is expected. He was a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the signing? It's good. I mean, that's about about what he would be worth. So, um, the fact that they can get it done early so that they don't have to worry about it is something that you want to have happen you know get the guys that you know you can resign that you can tender an offer to tender that offer and then get them in the building and then move on to the guys that you're not so sure about you know they have to put a lot of capital and a lot of time a lot of personnel behind signing trent williams between scouting figuring out what they're doing for the draft so a slam dunk resign like emmanuel mosley that you can get on a team friendly i mean two years 10 million that's nothing you know for a borderline starting quarterback so if you can get the corner in there, especially at a thin position, get him in there and then move on. So I'm, I'm glad they re-signed him. I think he has potential. And, you know, let, let's get some more bodies in the building. Yeah, I agree. I actually really like Emmanuel Mosley. He's had his struggles, obviously, but, look, he's not a top-flight corner. I thought he did pretty well for what, you know, I was expecting from him. And, I, you know, for how much of the secondary was scheduled to, to walk, I like that there's at least going to be some uh, returning pieces that can have some – 
uh, help I can help a bit with the new guys that they're go- probably going to bring in. Yep. Um, and also some some rumored news. I don't think it's been confirmed yet. The 49ers will be bringing back the red throwbacks. I'm hyped. I saw that. I saw uh, somebody in a group chat or something post a picture of the red throwbacks. Honestly, they're better than the white throwbacks. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. So I much mean, better. I mean, if they went to that uniform full time, like both of those, I wouldn't be mad. But, no. um, you know, I, we obviously have one of the most classic kits in the NFL. Like, I, I don't think they're going to do away with the classic kit anytime soon. But having the red throwbacks is is pretty fresh. I like that. Yeah. So um, also, I could buy one of those jerseys. I don't buy white jerseys just because I'm a dude and I'll get stuff all over it. So anything that can come in color, I'm going to get that. That, those are my absolute favorites. Anytime I play Madden, I'd always switch to those red throwbacks. The the, the black kind of shadow behind the numbers, I just think looks amazing. That yeah. red's fantastic. If it's true, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. And that's what, so my criticism of the 49ers, the black alternates, was always that, that you don't have with these 94 throwbacks, is that there's dimension to the numbers. On the black jerseys, the 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 red numbering, it just looks so flat against the black because it's like this like flat burgundy color, right? Um, and it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't pop. So if they would have put some like gold trim behind that, it would have been outstanding. But yeah, the red throwback. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's just, those are my favorite. Um, we got somebody in the chat asking why not the gold throwbacks because all gold uniforms are hideous. Yeah. They're, they're they're pretty ugly. Um, red or white, I think are fantastic. I was never a fan of the black ones. I think they could have done them a lot better. Like you said. Right. Yeah. But yeah, even David Yang agrees, uh, 94 reds were the best jerseys of all time it's hard it's hard to disagree with that they're, they're a fantastic looking jersey um i'm really excited about if that's true or not um and also with free agency coming up i just want you guys to know we're going to have a lot of content coming out so stay tuned subscribe to our youtube channel if you're listening to this uh via audio leave us a five-star review we really do appreciate it also on, on YouTube, let me get back to that. Once we get to 2,000 subscribers, we're giving away a 49ers jersey. Um, it'll be like our eighth one we've given away. So subscribe. Yep. We're at like 1,500. So close to 2K. Help us get there. Help us reach our goal. We put out new videos most of the time, Monday through Friday, and go live on the weekends. So a lot of content for you guys. We love talking about the 49ers. And we love discussing 49ers with all of you as well. Um, and, and while I'm on that, we are going to be doing a giveaway. Uh you know, with, with 49ers Hive, obviously, and we found I realized that March of 2017 was when 49ers Hive started as a Twitter account. So we are going to be having a, um, a giveaway. And once this stream is over, I will tweet something out under the 49ers Hive account. So go and check at 49ers Hive and you'll have to follow the podcast account as well. This podcast, RGS Pod. And we'll, we'll, we'll do something really cool. So just to celebrate four years of 49ers Hive, and we really do appreciate all the support that we've gotten in, in the four years. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And while we're still on the subject of the jerseys, by the way, um, just because they're going to the Reds doesn't mean they're getting rid of the white. So if Jacksonville can have 18 different color combinations, I'm sure we can have four. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we got a question here from Nico Wilson. Would you like Darnold and Rosen behind Jimmy and grab other uh, needs in the draft? Um, if they get Darnold, Jimmy's gone. Yep. 
So they're not going to put Darnold and Rosen behind Jimmy. It doesn't make sense. They're going to have to give up too much for Darnold to just stash him on the bench, um, especially as he, I think he's in the last year of his rookie deal. So this is essentially would be a one-year tryout. You have to get him on the field and see what you have. So if the 49ers do end up making a move for Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out the door right afterwards. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's not a world where they can keep both of them. So I don't, I don't really see the point. Also, if you're getting Darnold, it's likely to start. So if you're going to just have him as a backup, I would just keep Rosen. There's there's really no point to have both of them. It's two and three underneath Jimmy. Right. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Kendrick Bourne? Do you think he's coming back? I don't um, I don't know if he's coming back or not. I'd like to see him back because as that like third or fourth receiver, he does pretty well in that role. It's not like he's going to be prohibitively expensive to sign. I don't, you know, I don't know what his actual feelings are on his own worth or his own value, but on the open market, he's not, he's not going to get wide receiver two numbers. So he's not going to get a huge contract. So he should be imminently affordable. I think at this point though, he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, you're not going to see his name on the first couple of days of free agency because all the big, all the big names are going to go first. Um, that's what teams are focused on. Kendrick Bourne is going to be kind of in the back of the pack in terms of that. So, you know, he'd be the, that, Oh, next week, you know, once Trent Williams is done, once like a lot of these others, he's like the sixth or seventh guy on the 49ers radar right now in terms of bringing back, you know? So I'm not, I'm not really concerned about, you know, what, what, the scuttlebutt is on him necessarily just yet if he stays that'd be awesome if not then you know good luck to him but he's like a third or fourth guy so i agree and look i like kendrick Bourne a lot um but i don't know if he's going to go somewhere else i think the expectations are going to be higher um he's, he's likely going to want to compete for either a number two or possibly even a starting role. I don't think that that's the type of receiver he is. I think he flourished here because they have a plethora of receiving weapons when healthy. They got George Kittle, uh, Debo, now Ayuk. Even Ross Dwelly was able to kind of do a little bit of damage when Kittle was out. So I don't know if, you know, maybe if he went to another situation where they have a couple of good receivers, I think his best option is to return. However, he, he basically said, I'm testing for agency. The Niners are number one on my list. If somebody else wants to give me a ton of money, I'm definitely going to listen to him. And he should. I mean, that, that's how every yeah. NFL player should approach free agency, I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If, if, they're, if somebody's going to give you the money, you should take it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you, I know we're not a Saints podcast, but this just cracked me up. What do you make of this? They, the Saints re-signed Taysom Hill. I believe it was like mm-hmm. they re- restructured four years, $140 million, and they can get out of every penny from the tweet I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they're freeing up cap space is what they're doing. So they're so far over the cap that they're just, you know, they're working their cap magic. Um, this is essentially just like a one year deal. Um, and it, it's like a win-win for both sides, right? Taysom Hill's making the same money he was going to make last year. Um, they free up some cap space and if Taysom Hill does well, then he can parlay that into a bigger contract. Um, so it's looking like Jameis Winston's going to be gone. Taysom Hill is actually going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints if all things play out the way that they're you know kind of laying out right now. Um, and that's only because uh, after what seems like forever, like 20 years, Drew Brees is retiring. So Hall of Fame career to him. Uh, good luck to him in the future. Yeah, each but each year of the deal they can. There's an out. Um, this is just. That you know, when people say the salary cap doesn't exist, they point to deals like this and go like, "Oh, okay, well, this is why." Yeah, 
No, and real quick while we're on this topic, congratulations to Drew Brees on yep. a fantastic career. Some of the best games I think I've ever seen uh, are the 49ers versus the Saints. And he is just one of those quarterbacks that no matter what, he's in the game. If you have Drew Brees, you're in the game. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be nice not having to worry about going through him in the NFC anymore. I'm not nearly as afraid of facing Taysom Hill. But no. congrats to Drew Brees. Hats off. Fantastic career. Yep. Definitely Hall of Famer. And, and um, he paved the way. He paved the way for all these, you know, undersized quarterbacks. So he was okay. the guy that was broke the mold, you know, back before then. It was like, we're not giving you short quarterbacks because they, they don't work. And Drew Brees proved to be the opposite of that. And he's opened the door for the guys like Russell Wilson, for the guys like Kyler Murray, for the guys like Baker Mayfield who are undersized but have talent. So good for him. That's a great point. Uh, we have a question here from Vince Vince Felice. Would you guys do a deal that sends McGlinchey to the Colts for a second or third round pick? That Twitter site is not reputable. I don't want to hear about that deal. It's not real. And for a second or third round pick, why? Like, what's the point? What's the point? Because you're just cre- you're creating another need. Yeah. He's not so bad that he's imminently replaceable, right? We we get on Slim Mike all the time. Um, they're obviously going to be working with him. They're, you know, even his his fifth year option would be about ten million dollars. I think was what it was, ten point one. That's not prohibitively expensive for a right tackle. And then you have to trust that you're scouting a position that you might not have scouted during the season. And then, hey, maybe we can plug a guy in the second or third round that will match his production right away. I just don't know that move makes sense. Right. No, I agree. And the Forty Niners offensive line, it was shaky at best last season. I agree, Matt. You're just making another hole, another position to address. If they're unable to retain Trent Williams, it's already looking pretty bad for them to, you know, to have to fill in the draft. I wouldn't do it. I don't really see the point. No, and, and here's the thing: you don't like the obsession with collecting draft. The 49ers have ten draft picks. Even if you're not happy with McGlinchey and you don't want him here long term, you have enough draft capital that you can find his replacement based off of off of itself right and you can take a risk on a guy in you know a mid-round or something like that that you wouldn't otherwise if you got rid of McGlinchy. if you get rid of McGlinchy, you need a starter right away you can't you can't afford to oh, give a guy a year of building himself up behind McGlinchy to eventually take a spot so i don't know why you would trade away a guy who for as much as we get on him and as bad as he's looked at times is still at least a serviceable starter yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think that it would be worth it for the 49ers. Um, yeah, especially, by the way, especially given that now with Weston Richburg, I'm, there is a true need at center. And center is a huge position on the offensive line. I know people don't talk about it, but your center needs to be solid, right? It, he needs to be there every day. Needs to build that rapport with the quarterback. Um, they need to be able to coordinate on protections. And the 49ers are in desperate need of an actual starting center. So don't be giving away McGlinchey when you already have holes to fill. It's just, it's creating another need that you don't need to do. Yep. I agree. Um, We got someone, uh, coach Timo. First things first, Atlanta isn't cutting Alex Mack yet. I think we draft Slater. If he's there, regardless of what Williams does, Slater is that starter and he could play offensive guard. I actually took Slater in our mock draft that we did last week. I would be more than content with if they, if they took Slater at 12, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, 
it, it's going to depend because if they're not in love with a, like, it seems like they're not in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like Justin Fields is the candidate to fall. Right. And fields gets to the 49ers at 12. Somehow. I think the 49ers would take fields at 12 over Rashawn Slater. So 100%. It really just depends. Yeah. I I agree with that. Um, Thanks for the compliment. We appreciate everybody tuning in, but I will say this. I do like Rashawn Slater a little bit better than Panay Sewell. I think that he has cleaner tape. I know that people love Sewell because he's a mauler. And, you know, I think that's not to say that I think Sewell's going to be really bad or anything, but I just, from, from a technique standpoint, I think Slater's better. Okay. I love that. Um, Did you get a chance to catch Trey Lance's pro day? I did, but what do you think of it? It's fine. Just fine. Nothing, nothing stood out to you. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in any pro day. Okay. They're show, they're showcases. They're scripted, right? It's like, it's like going to a pro wrestling match and thinking you're watching a UFC fight. Like you don't get a gauge of how good a fighter is by watching a pro wrestling match. Right. No, that's a good point. I mean, he made throws. He made the throws that he was supposed to make in shorts with guys that he was familiar with, scripted out. They'd practice that routine just like they do at every other pro day. And, like you know, if you watched our list this week, you know, you already know that Trey Lance was my third-ranked quarterback. So it's not like I don't like him. He's really good. I just think even even Trevor Lawrence, it's like I don't really care about the pro day. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. No, pro, I, pro days, I, I, pro days don't matter. If you liked him going into the pro day, you still like him. If you didn't like him going into the pro day, I doubt he changed your mind. That's just the way that it is. No, yeah, I, th- yeah, no, I, I, I mean, think, I think Trey Lance is good. I think he's yeah. going to be a really good player. But pro days to me, it's just like cool, man. He made really good. Th- I knew he had a big. I knew he had a big arm. That I, that was no surprise to me. I think the only reason why, at least me specifically, I don't, I don't know about anybody else. I, I put a little tiny bit more weight into his pro day just because we hadn't seen him in a year. You know, he took the whole year off. It was nice to just be able to see him and and, and still see what he's able to do, get a refresher maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, I don't know. To me, pro days, I don't really care. To, to his 2019 tape carries more weight with me today than this last pro day. I want, I want to see people – the tape trumps everything else, Right. Uh, you don't want to overdraft a guy because of his pro day or because of his combine or whatever, looking at you, Cincinnati and John Ross, you know, you can get caught up in, <laughs> in these scripted moments, right? Where you're like, Oh man, he looks so good. He, yeah. Wow. He really impressed out there. He's such an athlete. Right. Yeah. And then when it gets to actually playing football, they can't do it. So watch the tape. That's where you're going to be most, you know, that's where you're going to get your best indication of what type of player that they're going to be. And his <laughs> tape is pretty good he dominated against you know it was lesser competition so you worry about that but he dominated so that's exactly what a good player is supposed to do dominate less player i agree yeah no i agree 100 um gary here is saying matt have you always been a niners fan i am from lakeside in san diego yep i'm from northern california i'm from san francisco i moved down here like only like 10 years ago so nice um there was a question here from melissa Mm -hmm. Is there a former Shanahan player either you worry maybe this year's Tom Compton? As far as like if they sign somebody, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. No, I don't think so. The only thing you worry about is if they sign, if they do. So Alex Mack gets cut, right? And he does come to San Francisco. Um, maybe he's like ineffective because of age, but I don't know. Alex Mack is still really good. So, yeah. And it's tough because I don't see too many 
I don't see them being able to do too many free agent signings with the limited cap space they have. I know that they were able to free up a little bit, but it's not going to be like there's all of these, you know, new players that they're able to do. Um, Nico Wilson, what do you want to do at quarterback? Is there still a chance we get to Sean Watson? And what would you trade? We've gone over this a ton. Is there there any updates to this? Is there a chance o meter? Just, yeah, I don't don't know, man. I just, the Texans are doing such weird stuff. Like even the trade today was weird. I just don't know what they're doing. And so we have like one, I think there was a report that came out last week that the guy was like, hey, reading between the lines, I think that the new Texans head coach realizes they're not going to get him back in the building. But then the next day he's like, Deshaun Watson's our quarterback. So the Deshaun Watson thing, I'm really confused about, and I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't think anybody's known what the Texans have been doing for the last couple of years. Um, so that to me is still going to be the low chance. The better chance is that one of these quarterbacks falls to them. Um, and I think that the highest chance other than Jimmy Garoppolo staying is that they do a sweetheart deal with the Jets for Sam Darnold. Yeah. The, the, the trade for the Texans, I was pulling it up here. Patriots traded, uh, offensive tackle Marcus Cannon to the Texans swapped picks. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. And then they also, um, or not also, excuse me, Casario now working with Bill Belichick now that he's that GM. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Texans are – it's hard to really read that franchise because a lot of it doesn't make sense. It's like trying to, like, yeah. understand a psychopath or something. Nothing they do really makes sense. Are they going to keep him? Is he going to, you know, really, really force their hand and sit out if, you know, week one comes or training camp comes and he's not there, still holding out? It, it's yeah. going to get It's going to get crazy, I think. Dang, man, comments are killing me over here. Everybody thinks I'm so <laughs> negative. I'm not. Okay, so let's just address this. I just don't think that pro days matter that much because they're so scripted. As far as pro days go, Trey Lance's pro day was really good for a pro day. But for me, I put more stock in film. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a stretch to say by any means. I mean, it's it's, it's like uh, putting together like a highlight reel. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's fantastic. But let's see what you do when yeah. stuff goes wrong. Or let's see how you react when, you know, things don't go your way. So I, I don't think that you're being negative. I think you're being pretty no. pretty fair. Yeah, it's one of those things where there there's no offensive line. So you can't see how they would step up in a pocket, right? Yeah. He's, he's making throws. I know he's a good thrower of the football. I've watched him. He's really good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that when you watch the tape and see how he moves and see how he goes through his progressions and see how he can read a defense and see how he has, you know, a few interceptions. He's very athletic. When you watch the tape, you're like, this guy is somebody. And I don't think that a pro day is going to change that for anybody. No, I agree. Um, and, and we just did, if you guys missed it, go check out on our YouTube channel. We just did our five top five rankings of the quarterbacks in this year's class. Like Matt said, he had him number three. So it's not like he's not high on, on Trey Lance at all. He, he thinks he's a solid quarterback. He actually had him above another top-ranked quarterback who some people have as high as two. So mm-hmm. go, go and check out those videos. Here, I'll just put it like this. If Trevor Lawrence had had a bad pro day, right, where, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, he was just having a bad day, do you think that he's not going number one? Of course not. He's going to go number one. Like he could have sprayed that ball all over the field, throw it into the stands. You know, he could have looked like Uncle Rico out there, and he's still going to be taking number one. <laughs> I mean, it's true because you have a solid body of work to go off of. You don't go off of this one thing that doesn't trump everything else, bad or good. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. 
Uh, Tommy Huxley, do you think Sewell can actually f- drop to 12? I don't think so. Um, I know Cincinnati's in the market. Miami might be in the market, although I think that they're going to um, I think they're going to take a playmaker for Tua. But I don't know. I don't think that he's going to get that low because I'm also of the opinion that Atlanta, if they stay where they are, I think Atlanta will take an offensive lineman. They're too tied up in Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. And Matt Ryan is not the problem in Atlanta. Um, so I don't think they're taking a quarterback. They could potentially trade back to get an offensive lineman, but they do need, you know, they need some help in Atlanta. So the Bengals are definitely taking a left tackle. They need to protect Joe Burrow. Uh, so no, I don't think that he quite gets the 12. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. Bengals definitely, we saw what happened to Joe Burrow, unfortunately last season if he's there when they're picking, yeah. gone. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow also needs to not not be a hero sometimes because he he's a tough kid, but he needs to learn how to slide because there were a couple games that I watched where he just got – I can't remember which game it was, but he tried to run in, and he got absolutely lit up. I think Chase Young just obliterated him. Yeah. So – yeah, um, there's something that I, I wanted to ask you about. It, it's not Niners related, but I still think it's very interesting to discuss. Mm-hmm. My crush from last season, Justin Herbert, Rich Eisen discussed a trade. Would you trade Deshaun Watson for Justin Herbert straight up? Mm-hmm. No. You wouldn't do it? If, if I'm the Chargers, no. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. Okay. If I'm the Chargers, absolutely not. Justin Herbert had a fantastic rookie season. He's still under team control for another four years. Deshaun Watson's expensive. You'd have yeah. to give up a ton, like, you know, to to be able to, you know, have him there. You have Joey Bosa, who's on an, uh, an expensive contract. You have other guys that are coming up for contracts. Build around the kid. Like, the, the Super Bowl windows, as we've talked about before, usually happen during a rookie quarterback's yep. initial contract. So, you know, and here's the other thing. Uh, Justin Herbert's a big boy. He's going to be able to hang in there. You know, he's six five. As he gets a little bit beefier, and they put him through the you know the weight training process, he's he's just going to get better and better. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm really high on Justin Herbert. Last season was phenomenal. Some of the throws he was making, the performances he had, he went you know toe for toe with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they lost overtime in a, in a field goal. That was a fantastic game. Justin Herbert, I think, has a really bright future. And, and you know, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking from the Chargers' perspective for this, but I actually agree with you. I don't think the Chargers should do that trade. No. Financially, performance-wise, I think they're solid. Oh, wow, we got a great super sticker. Thank you so much, Thomas Brown. Oh, thank you. Support. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, this is not about who's better now because Deshaun Watson's obviously better than Justin Herbert as it stands right now. You got to mix – the performance, the potential, yep. how much you're paying a guy, who you can surround that guy with, everything else. Uh, it just It's not just the quarterback. It's everything else that you could do with it. In a talent for talent, who's better right now? Deshaun Watson's obviously better. But yep. Justin Herbert is a guy that you can build around who you know is better than a lot of quarterbacks, even as a rookie now going into a second-year guy, and has – potential to get even better than that so it's just you know it's i don't know i, I just think that it's short-sighted to just say like who's better now because i don't think that that really matters yeah. um it's when you take everything else in a vacuum of course then you say oh deshaun watson's better but the question was if you're the chargers do you trade justin herbert for deshaun watson And i think as a franchise you say no 
No, I, I agree with that. Um, there's a comment here, 49ers media. Uh, what do you guys think the deals are going to look like for Juice, Trent Williams, and Jason Barrett? So assuming they're able to retain all three of them, I think the hardest one to go off for me is, is Juice just because there's so little fullbacks. And yeah. he's, he's pretty rare as far as what he's able to do. Um, I'm trying to pull up what his last contract was. I think his last contract was like four years, 24. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty high. Yeah, too high. <laughs> um, too high. Do you want to take a guess at this or, or just not really uh, sure what they would look like? Juice, I'll say three years, 15. Okay. Uh, Trent Williams is going to be oh goodness uh trying us three years 65 um and for red i'll say two years 18 okay i like that um out of the three which one would you say is the most expendable is it juice yeah yeah it's tough because not too many other teams run even even use a fullback so it's either like i don't what other option would he have and i don't mean to sound like you know kind of disrespectful or anything but there's not too many other teams that he could go to if he doesn't like the contract the 49ers are willing to give him right well yeah that's the thing like what is he you know what is he gonna do in terms of if he leaves the 49ers who else runs a fullback now you have teams that instead of running fullbacks are running two tight end sets because tight ends are notoriously hard to cover. Um, and if it's from a pure blocking perspective, you're not going to pay a ton of money just for a strictly blocking fullback. If we want a blocking fullback, we can get that. And I know that, you know, he has some highlights and we all remember him bouncing Minka Fitzpatrick off the turf at Levi's. But <laughs> when you look at the actual statistics and how actual how much he actually impacted the game. It's not as much as you think from, from a playmaking standpoint, when we first signed him, we were all like, Oh, offensive weapon, offensive weapon. And it turned out not to really be like that. So for me, you you can't overpay him again. And I think he realizes that he made out like a bandit last time. So the thought is if nobody else is going to pay him, he might as well resign with San Francisco for a little bit less than he made last time. And then, you know, just, just run it back. And he gets his, you know, two or three touches a game, um, cause he's not even really a short yardage guy either. It's not like he's pounding the ball. So, um, yeah, in terms of his skill set, he's good. Um, I know everybody points to the fact that he's a pro bowler and it's like, well, it's not hard to be a pro bowler when you're like one of two people at your position. So in terms of pure statistics, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's worth a lot. And I think he's the easiest one that if he was like, no, I don't want to resign for that. You could just let him go. You can always yeah. find another blocker. You could always find, you know, you could shove Dwelly in the backfield if you really want to run. You know, shove the backup tight end in the backfield and yep. see how see how much you lose. I'm sure it's not as much as people would think. You know, it's it's funny. I, I've actually said that previously. I don't know if it was on a live stream, maybe in the group chat, but yeah, Dwelly could easily do not maybe not easily. He could replicate what Juice does in some some form or shape. There would be a there would be a fall off from because Kyle Juszczyk is a good blocker, right? He has good technique. But we all saw, you know, Tevin Coleman, negative two yards on a cloud of dust, right? It's sometimes <laughs> it doesn't matter how good the blocking is when the running back is not that good. So I don't know. It's just, I just think that if you're going to, they overpaid for him last time when they had buckets load of, of 
cap space and the team wasn't good and they were trying to build something right now they're trying to retool to make a playoff run at the very least. And I don't think that you can pour resources into that when you have so many other holes. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Mr. Early has a question for us. I was looking at free agents who play on the edge. It's a deep group. Who are the top three candidates you'd like to bring in on the Niners? How much do you think we should spend on a defensive end opposite of Bosa? I, it's hard because what are they going to do with D Ford right now? Yeah. You know, I think that if they can get his contract, D Ford's contract off the book, I think they could just flat out cut him and save like $6 million. They'd eat a dead cap hit this year, but it would like come off the books next year. Um, do that. They got a concept for me, just concentrate on re-signing Kerry Hyder for now. Yeah. No, I agree um, with that. And then maybe go edge in like with one of your third round picks. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, you're, bring, you're bringing in a guy who has potential, m- might not be like one of the top names out there. Um, the other thing that you can do too is because so many teams are up against the cap, wait for that first wave of free agency to go through and then try to sign somebody who's, you know, not getting the looks that other people that they thought they would. Right. When yeah. you're in a down market year and this happens in base, that's been happening in baseball. Um, you get really good players that sit in free agency until right before the start of the season. And then what they'll do is they'll sign like a one year deal. That's pretty cheap. Um, because they want to prove it, right? So they can hit the market again next year. And I think you're going to see one or two guys like that that are going to be just hanging out there, waiting for their big contract. And when it doesn't come, they're like, well, okay, I guess I got to, you know, put more tape out there for people or what, you know, okay, because of the pandemic, you know, the salary cap went down, but next year it's going to go up. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to take this lesser deal in the hopes that I can get out there next year and get a bigger contract. And that's where 49ers can supplement their, their roster, but that's really going to happen after the draft. Yeah. And you know, they have enough ammo in the draft to, to do that, to do exactly what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. supplement it, add some quality mid round picks. Um, And I agree with you. I think Kerry Hyder should be kind of their primary focus as far as defensive ends. He played really well last year. If you guys tuned into any of our live streams, any of our shows, you know, I was really high on him. I really liked Kerry Hyder. And I, I would love for them to be able to bring him back. Uh, I know we've discussed it, though, Matt. You, you, you've said multiple times he might have played himself out of the 49ers price range. Do you still feel like that's probably the case? If they re-sign Trent Williams, I feel like that definitely could be the case. Yeah. Um, he, had, he had a good season with not a lot around him. Um, Nick Bosa was hurt. Um, Solomon Thomas, for whatever he is, is a body that at least eats up space. Um, Eric Armstead didn't do anything. So, yeah, yeah th- those will definitely be, you know, factors in – Trumping up his price and he did he did a great job uh with what he was given so if he doesn't come back here i i expect it's because somebody else gave him money yeah no i mean i agree with you uh coach timo says i agree with matt on juice and i think warner may be his replacement on our roster right now he can block like a mac truck and get open as f2 and charlie warner that's an interesting yeah interesting option and he's not any i think he has what two years left on his contract on his rookie deal I think yeah. it was a 2019 pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and that's that's something to think about, too. Um, you know, especially with, with use checks agent being like, juice is expensive. And it's like, well, it better not be that expensive because they'll show you the door. Um, the 49ers are not <laughs> afraid to, to obviously move on from people. So we saw yeah. that with, with a couple other guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, RM says maybe nine to ten million for Hyder. 
if that's the price, he's out of here. Yeah. If it's nine, I, ten I, million, he's out of here. Out of here. Yeah. Uh, they, they're crazy. gonna have to. They're gonna have to supplement the rosters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Baker, twenty-five. I like uh, Edges, Leonard Floyd, Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden. They're they're solid. I mean, options to kind of supplement the defensive line. Marcus Golden, I I like. Leonard Floyd had a solid year. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there there are some options. And it's not like you need a, a an elite pass. I mean, you have that when Nick Bosa comes back, he's going to be your blue chip guy, right? You can rotate you know, your run stuffer on obvious running downs or like on first down or whatever. And then on obvious passing downs, get, get a situational pass rusher to supplement Nick Bosa. You know, Mm -hmm. of course it'd be really cool to have, you know, two elite pass rushers, but there's not a lot of teams that have that. And I think it's kind of a pipe dream given the salary cap circumstances and how much you have to pay a guy like that to get one in free agency. Plus if the guy's in free agency to begin with, they're probably not that elite. True. That's true. Um, Real quick, guys, we're going to have a special NFL draft giveaway. I have a little teaser video here for you. I'm going to play, and then we'll kind of cover it a little bit more while I have you all here. So I'm going to play the video, and make sure you guys comment your thoughts. Do you think you could be an NFL general manager? How well do you know the NFL draft? Submit your picks to 49ers Hive, and if you get one correct, you could win some new gear. More details to follow. Must be following 49ers Hive to enter. So, as you saw, if you guys can guess any picks that the 49ers make, we're going to give away kind of a tier of gifts, and, and we're going to put this out in, in you know a tweet or an article that you guys can, can read it from. But basically, if you guess a player in any round, any any uh pick you will get uh just a random piece of merch from us but if you get it down to the round and the pick we'll give you a 49ers jersey so how well do you know the draft i know we got a lot of people a lot of fans that say i know what i can do or i know what the 49ers should do i know what they would do the only time i've ever done it right and matt probably hasn't heard me shut the hell up about it is i got fred warner down to the exact Mm -hmm. pick uh, so if you guys feel you could do that, either tweet at us. We'll probably make a little submission piece on our website, 49ershive.com, where you can submit your picks, your ideas. Uh, if you want to do a full mock draft, that's an option too. Um, the, the more correct you are, the better of a, a gift you'll win. So, And shout out to Stuart and Anthony. They came up with this idea and approached me with it. So I think it's really fun. Give, give the fans a type to show their skills and their knowledge of the NFL draft. You're going to make this expensive, dude, because I feel like the media has pegged our first round draft pick for like the past four years. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if we'll they see. get it right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Conrad Kalanta. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Does Kyle have a quarterback type or does his ego get in the way and thinks he can win with any quarterback? First of all, I just want to say I'm pretty sure I went to high school with him. Oh, really? I think I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Unless there's another Conrad Kalanta out there, um, I don't know. His 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 quarterback type is Kirk Cousins, but he definitely has the ego to be like, uh, you know, he thinks he can get it done with a less than elite guy, for sure. Yep, I agree. Um, and, and not only that, but I think that he, I, I think he does have that type. Um, he and granted, he said he's kind of transitioning more 
he didn't like mobile quarterbacks. I don't know if he was scarred from RG3 or what happened to him where he dealt with all of that. Uh, but he he likes it seems like he likes some more traditional pocket passers, which is understandable. But Kirk Cousins, I guess, is his preferred type. It's hard to really to gauge because the only quarterback he's drafted is CJ Beathard since he's been with yeah, the 49ers. Uh, yeah. And you know, I say that, but I don't even know at this point anymore <laughs> if it's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, see, yeah, I knew it. I saw the name, I know. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you've been well, man. Um, but yeah, like we don't know. We have no idea what what his what he's actually like. So he, I think that he definitely has an ego though and he thinks that he can make anybody good. Um, but my thought has always been, well, if you can do that, why not just get a really good guy and then you can make him better and then yep. you have the best quarterback. Yep. So, but he's he's got to figure it out soon, otherwise he's not going to be here. I think, you know, I think everybody can kind of feel the walls closing in around him a little bit because one winning season in four is not going to get it done. So if they have another bad season this year, now you're starting to look at like, well, maybe it's not the regime we thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Gary, by the way, I don't think Fred, uh, excuse me, Troy Warner is going undrafted. I don't think, I think so either. No, he, he's pretty, you know, held in high regards. Um Let's see. Coach team, I've done it once only. Patrick Willis. I've been practicing eight mocks so far. Everyone different. Some common denominators. How do we send these in again? Uh, you can email to uh, Zach at 49ers Hive. You could DM them. Um, we'll probably get a, a link on our, our website directly where you can submit them. But for now, you can either DM us at 49ers Hive, email Zach at 49ers Hive, whatever's easier for you guys. Um, yep. Coach Timo says, Matt, are you saying media is guessing players right or position? I haven't seen them guess one player yet, especially Kuiper. The ESPN guys suck. Kuiper and McShay are are terrible. But a lot of like like the Draft Network guys, um, John Ledyard, a couple other guys has been have guessed our last couple of picks. So when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch first, they picked, they were spot on about Solomon Thomas. Um they didn't obviously didn't know about the trade, but they had Solomon Thomas mocked to us. The next year they had McGlinchy mocked to us, which <laughs> we, we went with McGlinchy. Um, the year after that, Nick Bosa was an easy one, right? Um, yeah. Everybody assumed that once it was clear that the Arizona Cardinals were hiring Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray was going to go there, they pretty much picked Nick Bosa. And then this last year, I mean, even us on the live draft show were be like – we were, you know, we were like, they're going to take Kinlaw, aren't they? And everybody was talking Kinlaw before the draft that they were going to yep. take him and they ended up taking him. So they, the media outside of ESPN, which is a trash heap of an organization at this point, has been pretty good about knowing what the 49ers are looking at um, in terms of their first round pick. Yeah, Maybe not the trade back into the first round for like the Ruben Fosters or the Brandon Ayukes, but other than that, they've been pretty good. They have. And, and yeah, they, they, the, they've got the guy and, and Part of it, I, I know me specifically last season, I'm like, no way they're taking Kinlaw. That's all smoke. Whatever the 49ers are telling these people, it's just smoke. They're going to take CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. Nope, they took Javon Kinlaw. And if you guys want to go back to our first ever video, you can see our reaction live. I was so pissed. We were not happy with the pick, obviously. But, yeah, it, they, they do get these picks right. So you guys got a pretty solid chance if you want to yeah. try that pick, you want to try and guess multiple picks, whatever you think. The right, the more correct you are, the better. Uh, excuse me, merch you'll win. I actually think it's a, a double edged sword that nobody's really mocking the same thing to the 49ers this year. B, 
because mm-hmm. one, there's no obvious player that's going to go there. Right. Yep. Um, and two, there's so much talent that you can get a really good guy. The problem is if you have so many holes that they can't peg you for one of those players, it, it becomes kind of an issue on the back end. Yeah. So I have no idea which way they're going to go yet. Yeah, no, same here. Um, real quick, everybody here while you're here, do us a solid. Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. Leave us a five-star review. You know, We're trying to get to 55-star reviews on there. I think we're around 25 right now. If you guys like the show, you appreciate it. We are just getting this up off the ground with Blue Wire Hustle. We could really use some more five-star reviews. So do us a solid and go ahead and leave those on Apple Podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're here. Help us get to 2,000 subscribers so we can give away more gear. Um, there's, there's incentives for everything. Nico Wilson says, if Trent Williams is signed, are we going to be able to keep Jimmy salary wise? They would probably work on an extension if they're going to keep him. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is expendable either way. If they decide after the draft, somebody falls, right? They draft a guy, they're going to start him or they trade for Sam Darnold or whatever. They can try to trade Jimmy. If there's no takers, he actually becomes less dead cap money after June 1st. So they can just outright cut him. The problem is then you don't get the top line free agents. But if the 49ers top line free agent need is Trent Williams, then maybe that's not such a an unpalatable situation. They're also near the top of the league. I think they're top 10 in cap space. So they're going to be in on guys no matter what. And then if they you know pick their guys, everything falls, they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They have the opportunity to catch two or three of those B-level guys that really can fill positional needs as, as the offseason goes on. No, I, I agree. Um, and I feel like it's a big if at this point. If they really do want to keep Jimmy, I think that's going to be telling how they handle his contract. Um, and it has been telling how they've handled it up to this point, to be honest. Uh, Coach Timo says Slater has been very vocal about being a solid fit with the 49ers. Some are mocking to us as well. Him to us as well, excuse me. I, I mean, I could see that. Um, the one thing that I would say is they would probably – need to move McGlinchey. I don't think that you can draft Slater to play guard at 12 because once you kick him inside at the NFL level, it's going to be hard to push him back out. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, so that would be interesting if they, you know, it, it would, it's almost like the, uh, when they drafted McGlinchey, they traded uh, Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. It would be something similar to that. Right. Um, we're going to be, wrapping you'd, have, you'd have to, I mean, that's like, again, it, drafting a guard at 12 is kind of weird. I mean, unless it's like a surefire thing like Quentin Nelson, like that's a guy. Okay. That's a big mauler or whatever, but I don't know. I think, I think for the offensive line, I think center is the absolute top priority. And I don't know. I don't think Rashawn Slater can play center. So if you're going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round, I think it would be better to maybe trade back for one of the centers. Yeah. Unless, Trent Williams leaves and then left tackle automatically becomes the highest position need. In that case, you can draft for Sean Slater at 12 and that makes total sense. How high would you put center on the list if they sign Alex Mack? I mean, if they sign Alex Mack, Alex Mack is going to start. So then you can just, obviously they have guys that play behind, whether it's like mm-hmm. a Ben Garland or, you know, something like that. Then that, obviously that's a backup. Your, your body filler, you know, your roster space, it doesn't matter as much if Alex math can stay healthy, he's going to be the player there. So if they sign him that, then that need kind of comes off the board and maybe you draft a guy around five to, you know, groom and see if you can grow him into something. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Nike nine or 10. 
know much about Max Roberts. Niners met with him. Uh, defensive end, Boston College. I, I haven't done any research on him. I don't know him that well. No. Um, we're going to wrap things up here shortly, guys. Send in whatever questions you have. And again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in for our second live episode of the Michael Center podcast. We really do appreciate you all, you guys, tuning in. We're going to be live once every weekend with this show, either Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we can fit it into our schedules, to be honest. So just keep an eye out for that. Subscribe to our channel. And like I said, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Coach Timo, got a good question for you guys. Do you recall any player who visited the 49ers pre-draft has ever been drafted by them in the rounds of picks that we've had? So any player that they've met with, did they actually draft them afterwards? Uh, yes. Uh, Debo Samuel, they really liked at the Senior Bowl. They coached him all throughout the Senior Bowl and then ended up picking him. Yeah, that's right. And That's the big one I remember. That was another pick that was kind of, you know – previewed a lot of people were putting them together already it's interesting because i don't want to say they're too transparent but it's like they almost like didn't really know how to be like a secret cloudy front office and 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 coaching staff when they first got into the 49ers it was pretty obvious who they liked and they weren't really interested in hiding these you know interests at all at least in my opinion because i knew the whole debo samuel thing i'm sure you did all of the reports come out of the senior bowl that kyle shanahan loved him Sure enough, they took them. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's the big one I remember. So, yeah. Uh, Steve says Kyle likes a vet center. They won't draft a center early. If they're able to get one, I don't, yeah, they won't. Yeah. Yeah. If Alex Mack is available, then that's, I mean, that's certainly a, a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, just I agree. Before, it has to be before the draft. So yeah, it has I, to be submitted before the draft. I think Stewart and I said a week before the draft, you have up until then. So uh, I think the draft is like April 28th or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever whatever week before the draft is. So you can either, like I yeah. said, email them, Zach at 49ers Hive. You can DM them to us at 49ers Hive. Or you can, uh, we'll set up a, a page on our website or something so where you can submit them there as well. Whatever's easier for you guys. Uh, yeah, Steve, Debo and Hurt as well. Yep, that's right. Magulinchi, yep, that was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debo didn't meet at the facility, though, correct? I mean, I remember they loved him at the Senior Bowl, but did he ever come to the facility personally as well? I don't know, but, I mean, they spent a week with him down in Mobile, and that was yeah. the 49ers coaching staff and training staff and stuff. So, like, it's yeah. – I mean, if you've had that much interaction with a player, which is far more than just bringing him into your facility for a one-day visit, I think that that obviously counts to me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I don't – this is a long time ago, not the same regime, obviously, but they met with Alex Smith, I'm pretty sure. Uh, going back, what, 15 years ago, however the hell long it's been, 2006. They met with both of them, and yeah, Mike Nolan did not like Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason, so thank him for that. Uh, your your boy Conrad Kalanta, do you think we need a wide receiver or, or excuse me, one that can obviously stay healthy and on the field? I mean, you can bring in guys. I wouldn't mind them bringing back Emmanuel Sanders now that he got cut. That's a good one. Bring bring them back for cheap. Um, They obviously you need something past. So Debo Samuel, obviously we've talked about needs to get on a better flexibility routine um, and kind of slim up a little bit. Brandon Ayuk was relatively healthy after that initial injury. So he's good. Um, So that's two guys right there. And so you want a guy that you can bring in to be that third guy. If Kendrick Bourne leaves, I think Emmanuel Sanders could work well in the slot. Um, play outside as well so yeah they definitely need 
a supplementary wide receiver. They need a third guy um, and maybe a fourth guy, depending on how Jalen Hurd stacks up. So, yeah, I, they don't need a top guy. I think they're they're fine with the two they have. I think IU can be a number one receiver. I think he was last season. Um, but another guy, like you said, to supplement kind of round out the roster, especially if they're not able to retain KB. Yeah, I, I would bring one in. Uh, Coach Timo, I am seeing what they finish in free agency first, and I'll make my guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, man. Whatever, however you guys want to yeah. do it, just send them in a week before. That's that's your your deadline. Uh, Gary says not Sanders. Well, hey, there's plenty if of options. San- if Sanders is cheap, why not? Yeah familiar with the system we know what we can get from him um, I, I mean i'd like to go after kenny galladay but he's gonna be too expensive that's a great one yeah i would love kenny galladay but yeah no way they could afford him unfortunately um i think that's it yep. guys i think that's our show so thank you everybody for supporting us nice to see a nice interactive chat this episode um do us a solid subscribe to our youtube channel help us get 2,000 subscribers like this video drop a comment in the actual comment section it beats the algorithm um, and, and like I said, do us a huge favor, drop five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you like our show, it really helps. So thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Rengold Standard Podcast. Yep. Thank you as always for joining us. And until next time, go Niners. <laughs>